Unveiling means to reveal. And to reveal comes from the Latin word revelatum, which means to remove the veil so it can be brought to the light of consciousness. And we reveal some things and bring it to the light of our consciousness so we can discover the truth. In Greek, the word for truth is aletheia, and aletheia means the unveiled. We veil something not because it has lesser dignity. We veil something because of the beauty of the mystery it contains and the truth it could reveal to us. So when we see things in church which are veiled, we should give our highest respect and uphold their dignity. We ask God to unveil the mystery for us. We ask God to illumine our minds so we can understand God more. Because God is wisdom himself. He is our creator and the source of all things, and he is our final destination. Today, I am with Ms. Andrea Cabanas from the St. Philomena Women's Guild. My name is Ted, and this is the Cause of Our Joy podcast. Hello, friends. Today, our topic is a chapel veil. Of course, I don't wear a chapel veil. So I have invited somebody who wears a veil. This guest is um, a co-member of Singles for Christ many, many years ago. Um, but mind you, we only saw each other very, very, you know, very, very seldom because we were from different places in the UK. So she was from the south of the UK. I'm from the north. Um, but we saw each other in big events like conferences, okay? So we lost contact, but through the grace of God and with the help of our common friend, Anna, we got in touch once again. Now, our guest facilitates activities for the St. Philomena Women's Guild in her parish. So my dear friends, please join me in welcoming Ms. Andrea Cabanas. Hello, Anne. Welcome to Cause for Joy podcast. Hello. In how Everyone. many years? Yes, Kuya. Seven? <laughs> yeah. It's... Probably, yeah. 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 I'm I'm really glad that we're doing this. Thank you so much for saying yes. Me too. My pleasure, Kuya. Okay, so we've, we're going to be talking about Chapel Veils today. So let's offer mm-hmm. this episode to our Blessed Mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, dear Blessed Mother, our Mama Mary, we offer to you this episode, including our minds and our hearts, everything that we think of, all our emotions, and we offer to you all those who would be listening to this episode. We know that whatever we give to you, our Blessed Mother, you will only offer it to our Lord Jesus Christ. So Mama Mary, be with us as we ask God to enlighten our minds so we could understand him more and bring us closer to the heart of your most beloved Son, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the powerful powerful intercession of our Blessed Mother, the Immaculate Conception, your most loved spouse. St. Philomena, pray for us. St. Joseph, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so before we talk about chapel veiling, 
could you give us a quick overview of what the St. Philomena Women's Guild is? Yes. So with, in, in the St. Philomena's Guild, um, it's a group of women that meet up every once a month intentionally uh, with the, um, the help of uh, St. Philomena and uh, Our Lady to pursue God's call to us, uh, to holiness, to sainthood. So journeying together as really friends, really. Um, yeah. So in the St. Philomena's Guild, we meet uh, monthly in a conference, which consists of confession. There's also uh, participate in a Misa Cantata, which is uh, a sung Latin mass. Um, it's very beautiful. We also get to um, experience and listen to one of the Fran- Marian Franciscans to give a, a formation. Um, and after that, we have a meal. We share a meal together, lunch, and and then we go to the ch- to the chapel to the church to pray uh, before the Blessed Sacrament, um, and we pray uh, either the rosary or um, divine mercy chaplet yeah or both <laughs> um, but also there's an opportunity to be in silent uh, prayer before the blessed sacrament for our lord and um, uh, father normally uh, hears confession during that time as well and after that we go back to the parish um, and we just tend to either just tea or coffee just chat amongst ourselves and or, or some Sometimes we play games. So, so it's an all-day yeah. event, um, but it's only once a yes, month. an all-day. It has yes, to be fixed. Once a me. month. Um, yes. We've not actually done any, um, even during the pandemic, because it happened, it started um, 2020, um, after the first um, lockdown. So we've not actually had a session or an event that we've not, had um in person so all all of the uh, conferences has been has always been in person and normally it's uh, on the third saturday of the month and it's it normally happens in oratory of the saint mary magdalene Wandsworth. So, yeah okay thank you and so chapel veiling i yes. know the veil so what is the tradition of veiling in the catholic church yes so during lent that's the, one of the most obvious ones that we have. So during Lent, we cover the crucifix and the statues with a purple cloth. So that, in the, in the tradition of the church, has always been, uh, they covered the cross specifically as well, to, um, for it to appear uh, more glorious on Easter Day as a symbol of victory. Um, but nowadays, it's more to, to focus more on the sufferings of our Lord, to really mortify the, it's a kind of a practice of mortification, really, to mortify the eyes so that we focus on the passion of, of Christ on the last days of his life. So it's uh, one of St. Uh, John of the Cross, he, he said that um, the veil mortifies the eyes that we may consecrate, concentrate on the real meaning of our Lord's passion. So moving from the visible to the invisible um, representation and just really resting on the on the will of God. And um, that's what yeah, St. John of the Cross said. And that's beautiful. Um, yeah, it is, yeah. 
something that uh, is um, veiled. It's like there's something hidden that is uh, precious. So I'll just move on to other things within the, the church that Please. is veiled. Yeah, so like during Mass, um, like the chalice is veiled, which is holding the precious blood of Jesus. Amen. Right? Yeah, so oh, more often as well in, in, in the church, um, the tabernacles are also veiled because that's the, the, the body of Christ, living God. Um, so like as I mentioned earlier, something precious, that's why we veiled. Um, yeah, so I, I, just, I just love this. Um, so during Mass, during Sanctus, um, that's when the angels really adoring, are adoring God. Um, and, and during Mass, we are lifted to that level that we are also adoring God with the, with the angels, with the sanctus, um, as we say it, or we start saying it. Um, so, yeah, so veiling really is a, it's a great mystery, um, mystery of the real presence of our Lord, um, God's divinity living amongst us. Within the church, um, the traditional Latin mass, uh, women are expected to, to cover their, had with veils. We also need to recall that the front of the altar is veiled with an mm -hmm. altar piece because it is the altar is the heart of the Catholic Church. So the veil of the altar is meant to draw our attention to the altar and ultimately to Christ who is present at the altar. So mm -hmm. an altar is not veiled to diminish it, but actually to reveal the great dignity. It's the altar's great dignity. And in a way, um, the the incense, the smoke from the incense, um, especially during Catholic high masses, is a form of veiling because the church is filled with smoke. So it reminds us of the time when Moses met with God in Exodus. And whenever Moses was with God, the place is filled with smoke. So whilst the smoke obscures our eyes, really it opens our minds to the utmost um, reality that God is present in that place at that very moment. So, Anne, does veiling have any biblical foundations? Yes, it does, yes. Um, so one of them is in Corinthians. Uh, St. Paul um, wrote a letter to the Corinthians about this. But in, in there, it's more of a, uh, a wedding, um, a bridal veil that it signifies. So woman veils is a symbol, is a sign that a woman is uh, under the authority of man of her husband. Um, so bridal veil sim uh, symbolizes the submission of the woman to the love and care of the husband. And it also signifies that she trusts him, she has confidence in him and to his uh, Christ-like leadership um, and that she has chosen him. Yeah, and that she he that she has chosen him to, to follow uh, to follow him and to be her loving partner and as a companion and that he is consecrated in the marriage to be devoted to her. In Exodus chapter 34, after Mo Moses spoke with God and the covenant was renewed, the face of Moses shone because he was talking to God. So the people were so afraid 
but it's a holy fear. They, they were not afraid because it's horrible, but they were afraid because they knew Moses was radiating the glory of God. So Moses had to put a veil whenever he was with the people and he takes the veil off when he was talking to God. This is one of the reasons why men do not wear a veil in the church. Um, so St. Paul, and you, you, you mentioned it really well, that St. Paul preached about veiling and he mentioned it in his first letter to the Corinthians. Now, I think, and for the benefit of those who are listening or watching, I just want to read what St. Paul said in, in this letter to the Corinthians. So this is from chapter 11. Um, and the first verse says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So St. Paul really is telling all of us that we should imitate him. Um, and he continues by saying in verse 2, I commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions, even if, even as I have delivered them to you. So we need to remember that um, he addressed this letter to the people of Corinth, to the church in Corinth. And, um, you know, these people, before they, become, they, they became Christians, they were pagans, they were Gentiles. Okay, so what, what St. Paul is doing here is he's actually commending them because they have kept the traditions, okay, um, which St. Paul taught them. Now, to continue reading, and this is what St. Paul said about why men should not wear a veil. Um, in, in verse 3, um, he said that, um, but I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ. The head of a woman is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. In verse 4, any man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. Okay, any man who prays or prophesies with his head covered, his head covered dishonors his head. Now, to continue to verse 7, um, for a man ought not to cover his head since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. Okay, like, just like what you said earlier, it's a, it's a nuptial relationship. Okay, now going back to verse 5, um, St. Paul said, But any woman who prays or prophesies with her head unveiled dishonors her head. It is the same as if her head were shaven. So what St. Paul really is telling us is if a woman prays and she's unveiled, if she doesn't have a veil, she dishonors her husband. And ultimately, she dishonors Christ as well because the head of the husband is Christ. Okay, And so if you're a single woman, if you're in the church and, or, and you're unveiled, what St. Paul is saying is you dishonor your head, which is Christ, who is Christ. Okay, Because um, the single women, and ultimately all, all of us, should make Jesus our bridegroom. In verse 14, mm -hmm. um, St. Paul asked, does not nature itself teach you that for a man to wear long hair is degrading to him? But if a woman has long hair, it is her pride. For, a, for her hair is given to her for a covering. So really, a woman's hair is their pride and glory. Okay, That's why St. Paul is saying that women should veil. And what does a chapel veil symbolize? Yes. So it goes actually beyond the bridal um, veil. Um, but in, in a sense, as you mentioned already, um, Christ being the bridegroom of Jesus, right? So 
um, wearing a veil, a chapel veil, um, for every, every uh, Catholic woman of all ages, it becomes a, an icon, a living icon of the church as a reminder of the abiding relationship of Christ to, to the church. So, yeah, that's very beautiful. Yeah. Christ being the, the church's bridegroom. So when we are wearing, women wearing that, that is a, a visible reminder, an icon to, to show that that's the relationship of Christ to her, to the church. So since uh, the bridal veil signifies the submission of the bride to her bridegroom, uh, a Catholic woman wearing a veil also is a visible re uh, reminder of the perfect submission of the church to the love and care and rule of Christ over the church. So, yeah. The important thing to note here is a bridal veil tells us a woman has freely given her consent to a man who mm. will love and protect her the way Christ loves and protects the church. So freely giving her consent to a man. Um, so when it comes to chapel veiling, like what you said, the woman who's wearing a chapel veil has mm -hmm. offered her life to Christ. And the veiled woman tells us that, that the woman is in a relationship with Christ. And it's telling mm -hmm. us that this should also be everybody's relationship with christ mm -hmm. all of us the church the entire church mm -hmm. should be a bride of jesus you know i think once a woman has put a veil in church mm -hmm. it means that she has already entered a relationship with christ and for mm -hmm. me there's something really captivating so captivating and so feminine in wearing a veil because it just emits a natural beauty and is there a proper way of using the chapel veil or is there an improper way of using it? Before I answer that question, can I just mention that um, like sacrament, right? Um, that's basically a visible representation of an invisible movement of the heart, right? So of what's going on in the spiritual. It's similar to the wearing of a veil, um, as you mentioned, with, with the woman wearing it. What is really happening within? It's a visible, just yeah. yeah just wanted to add that. Um, <laughs> um, so it's a there's a proper way of doing uh, wearing it. I've I've been told by a priest that because there's a lot of women uh, that are unmarried, but they are wearing a black veil. <laughs> so the the priest just mentioned like you're too young to <laughs> to wear a black black veil. <laughs> so try and wear a, a a white one if you are not married. So. Uh, color, color wise, you there's also as you mentioned like different colors uh, as well associated with it, like a different liturgical colors. Um, maybe you can talk about that a little bit, or if you want to, yeah. Yeah, no, you can. <laughs> oh, okay. So yes, because I I know uh, some women um, prefer to follow the liturgical colors, mm -hmm. like you know, if mm -hmm. it's Lent or Advent, they would prefer to to choose a purple color yeah but um it's not really wrong it's just mm -hmm. i guess yeah mm -hmm. but for for married women so it's black mm -hmm. and yeah. for uh, unmarried for single women it's mm -hmm. white white yes. about widows like, say that again widows widows um i guess they were married right so i assume black i <laughs> don't take my word for it, but I, I'm actually not sure. But <laughs> I just assume that it'll be black. Um, but another thing as well is that to get a um, 
like a big enough veil to, to cover um, the head um, that drapes until the shoulder. Because I <laughs> the first thing, uh, first veil that I bought actually was um, color black <laughs> and it's also very small. <laughs> so it's not really, uh, it falls a lot. A lot um, wrong color to start with and it's more so yeah and how did you start veiling and could you share the process you went through yes so uh, a bit of a long story so just bear with me so um i've heard of uh, traditional like mass like being said uh, and um i've only attended a few times um but a friend of mine uh has another friend who told us about this um pilgrimage walk in shorts, uh, shorts, shorts pilgrimage. It happens um, uh, on the Pentecost every year. Um, the walk starts from Notre Dame uh, in Paris and it ends at Shorts Cathedral. I didn't know much about um, the, the, the pilgrimage itself. I've just been told that there'll be walking pilgrimage, uh, <laughs> there'll be mass and it'll be camping. That, that's pretty much it. When I joined, <laughs> when I was there already, I, much to my surprise, uh, it was a Latin mass, traditional Latin mass. A lot of women were, veiling, were uh, wearing veils and the end of the pilgrimage, the end which is uh, Shards Cathedral, um, we celebrated mass there, but it's ve it's very significant because the the veil of Our Lady, the relic uh, of that, is actually in in the church, um, and it's, it's just very beautiful. <laughs> yeah, but my very few experiences of 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 that is already towards um, the veil of Our Lady. So I've joined a couple of that for. I believe it. I started on um, 2018, the first one that I joined, and then 2019, um, Pentecost as well. I, the first time I did it, funny, um, I thought I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> it's very painful. It's a long walk. Yeah, the year after, right again, I, I did it um, again, with the grace of God. Um, but the second time was better, I have to say. Um, so that was 2019, about... Um, end of May, I believe. Um, that's, and then by July, I went to the Holy Land. That's very blessed here. Um, and on, on the last place that we visited in the Holy Land was um, the wedding of Tina uh, Church in, in the Holy Land. And when we, went, when we were there, one of the girls who goes to tradition like as well, she asked me if I wanted to um, come with her to buy um, a veil. And so I went with her and then I ended up buying a veil, the right one, the right color this time. It's a bit longer, <laughs> it's color white. So we got the same veil. So that's really very beautiful. So every time I see her now, when she's wearing it, I'm like, oh, it's like twinning <laughs> with our veil. So that, that was nice. And so, but then I didn't really. Um, wear it regularly because um, I've joined the missionary year um, two weeks after I arrived from Holy Land. In there, we don't really go to um, traditional Latin mass. We just attend in, like uh, in the norm normal English mass. Um, and yeah, I, I don't really wear the veil if it's not within uh, Latin mass. Mm -hmm. I guess looking back, um, my, my journey with, with, um, with it with a veil really is uh, as it symbolized the 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 obedience right of of, of the church 
Yeah, so I felt like it's a very personal for me that um, the journey of, of obedience, obedience in a sense that I, I didn't quite know how God speaks before he started speaking to me. Um, and he, as I mentioned, I went into missionary um, and that really was the point where God showed me how it's like, in, in a sense, like in a fiat as well, like saying yes to God's invitation. And I really felt like, um, even though I didn't know um, what it entails, uh, I realized at the end that um, it was the best place for me to be at, especially during the pandemic. Like I could have been stuck in my room um, mm. <laughs> working. So he put me in that position. I did struggle to, to go into to missionary as well but eventually I realized it was what God intends for me so yeah as you mentioned it's like relationship wise um yeah God really is working with the veil (laughs) with me um it's a very visual representation of my journey yeah did you have any problems or hindrances before you start veiling yes yeah like I mentioned um earlier um i already got the veil <laughs> i i just struggled to um wear it outside of the um traditional latin mask because women are more expected to wear it there are, are there any problems now that you're wearing a veil or, or do you still encounter any issues well to be honest with you especially after reading more and researching more about wearing what it entails to wear a veil i've discovered how it actually what the deeper meaning of it is and I I feel like personally I would try really to wear it regardless um, of of the mask um, whether it's a a traditional one or not Um, and even just entering the church um, to just um, bring it with me and yeah, um, cover my head with it. <laughs> Friends, uh, veiling during this present time is optional. Okay, but mm-hmm. even if women nowadays are not required to, to wear a veil, it doesn't mean it's unimportant. The Catholic Church still recommends veiling because it is symbolic and it is scriptural. And what advice could you give to ladies who want to start veiling? Yes, uh, so... Maybe just speak to a friend that is already uh, wearing a veil or, um, yeah, um, or maybe talk to another friend that is considering uh, a veil, uh, wearing a veil. I guess once a woman really understands what it means to veil, I guess it's easier to, and it, it'll probably be more natural for, for them, for, for us to, to start wearing a veil um, when you start to un- really understand what it entails. And do you have any advice to to women on how to buy a veil, especially if it's their first time to get a veil? Yes. So, yeah, like what I said, I wish I knew it beforehand. Um, that um, to uh, with the colors, especially, yeah, especially. Um, and but also, um, so if you get a veil, sometimes there's like a comb that comes uh, in front of it, so you can hook it in your in your hair, so it doesn't come off um very frequently um it just holds it together um because especially with the, the 
the traditional mass. It's a lot of um, <laughs> movements um, in terms of like you stand up, you kneel, you bow, um, and it just comes off very easily. Um, so I always just have to move it up and make sure that's not in the floor <laughs> and it stays in my head or like in my neck. Um, but yeah, um, another thing maybe is to, to buy multiple ones, multiple veils, just to keep it in your bag um, or it's just to make sure that when you go to a church, <laughs> you have it with you. Because um, I've, I've uh, experienced that a lot, that I don't have one with me. Um, uh, and also get the right color. <laughs> you mentioned something about the length of the veil. So it mm -hmm. should be up to where? Like below your shoulders. your shoulders. Yeah, just draping up to your shoulder. Because um, I know someone actually that um, they stitched up two two veils so it's very long <laughs> um yeah because um one is just they feel like not very like not enough for them so they yeah, make it longer <laughs> so two of them stitch together <laughs> do you have any advice to men who want their girlfriend or their wife to to wear a veil yes uh so maybe uh if you if men could just uh give it as a present to, to their girlfriends um, or their wife uh, and explain to them um, the significance of wearing a veil list. I guess for me, my advice to men would be to pray for it. Just mm -hmm. keep on praying for it because, you know, we, we shouldn't really force women to wear a veil because veiling requires surrender from the woman. Mm -hmm. So pray for it and support them when, when they start wearing one. You know, my dear friends, in my second podcast episode, I talked about St. Joseph and Mary. In the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant, it, the Old Testament Ark of the Covenant has a veil. And in Exodus chapter 26, we read that you shall make a curtain of, of blue, purple, and crimson yarns and of fine twisted linen. It shall be made with cherubim skillfully worked into it. You shall hang it on four pillars of acacia overlaid with gold which have hooks of gold and rest on four bases of silver. You shall hang the curtain under the clasps and bring the Ark of the Covenant in there within the curtain. And the curtain shall separate for you the holy place from the most holy. So the veil is there. The veil is to protect the holiest of all, the Ark of the Covenant. So we celebrate the Feast of St. Joseph on the 19th of March. We honor St. Joseph today by remembering that he veiled Mary. We know that Mary is the new Ark of the Covenant because she bore in her womb uh, Jesus, who is the Word of God, the Bread of Life, and our eternal High Priest. Any good husband would protect his wife from danger. There is a biblical proof that St. Joseph protected Mary and to be more specific, this was during their flight to Egypt because Herod was hunting them down. Protecting Mary and Jesus is one of the ways that Joseph became a veil to Mary, who is the new Ark of the Covenant. Another way St. Joseph became a veil to Mary is by upholding Mary's dignity. St. Joseph did not allow Mary and Jesus to be scandalized. So Joseph did not allow Mary to bear a child without a husband. And Joseph did not allow Jesus to, to be an illegitimate son. So St. Joseph married Mary. And in that way, he veiled Mary and Jesus. 
St. Joseph also protected Mary's virginity because um, St. Joseph is a good Jew and he knew that he knew scriptures really well. He knew that the Israelites would be waiting for a Messiah. So when the angel told him in a dream that Mary would be the mother of our Savior, Jesus, Joseph also learned how special Mary is, how, how beautiful Mary is. So Joseph respected Mary's virginity because he knew that the body of Mary is reserved only for God. So the body of Mary is reserved only for God. So by protecting Mary's virginity, in a way, Joseph veiled Mary. Anne, do you have any final words? Yeah, um, just a thought. Um, so Our Lady is the mother of the church, right? So, and the church is the bride of Christ. Um, so then we can we can say I guess that um, Our Lady's veil uh, within Our Lady's veil that we are also hidden within it, uh, like a mantle of her protection. So That's true. Are, That's very beautiful. So I guess we are we are um, with Our Lady when we are as women wearing our veil. There there are old um, paintings depicting Our Blessed Mother. Um, holding her children under her veil, yeah, mm. which makes her the mother of the church and the queen of saints. And if any of our listeners or viewers have questions regarding veiling or St. Philomena's Women's Guild, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Yes, yeah, so um, we have a website for the Women's Guild. Um, I believe Keta uh, will be posting that. Um, uh, yeah, with the details on that. Um, and there's also a WhatsApp group for the women's group. So if you are interested, um, you can get in touch with Kitad <laughs> um, and um, we'll be able to add you in the, in the group. But uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, the women's group meets every Saturday of the month, every Saturday. Third Saturday of the month, uh, and it's normally in uh, St. Mary Magdalene, um, Oratory of St. Mary Magdalene in Wandsworth. Mm. So, uh, friends, I'll be sharing sharing the link of the link of the St. Philomena's Women's Guild here. And if you have any questions, uh, drop me an email. I would send. I will post the email of the podcast um, on my Facebook page and the YouTube page. Um, friends, veiling does not diminish something or somebody. Veiling reveals beauty and great dignity. And would you like to close with the Hail Mary? Yes, I would love to. Okay. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed, blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you very much, Anne. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening. Thank you for subscribing to my podcast, the Cause of Our Joy podcast. And we will always pray for you. Um, keep on, if you see somebody who's wearing a veil, you know, give them a boost and, you know, tap their backs and just, you know, respect and always remember that veiling is a beautiful Catholic tradition that we should always promote. Um, thank you again. And we'll see you again soon. Don't ever forget, Mary loves all of you. Jesus loves all of you. God bless. 
Thank you for listening. If you have been blessed with this episode, please click the subscribe button. Ave Maria.